0: Thousand years ago, a murder was committed, and we know the victim well.
1: But who really killed Jesus? The church has given us one answer.
0: But is that the only explanation? I'm Pastor Marcella Salgado.
1: I'm the Reverend Dr. Caleb J. Lott.
0: Join us this Lent on the Who Killed Jesus podcast as we walk through the events of Jesus' last week
1: to discover who really killed Jesus and what that means for us today. This special six-week podcast is brought to you by ProgressiveChristianity.org
0: and University Christian Church, San Diego.
1: Hello and welcome to the Who Killed Jesus podcast, episode one, where we'll be talking about Palm Sunday. Now, a lot of people think that they know exactly who killed Jesus, but maybe there's more to the story than we often think about. I'm Caleb Lines and I'm joined by Marcella Salgado and today we will be talking about Palm Sunday and who might have killed Jesus but we need to start with a list of suspects. Now a lot of people have suspects in mind but we put this out on social media and we found that there were A lot of suspects, maybe more than we would have imagined. Exactly. Who's up first, Marcella?
0: Up first, we have the Roman Empire. Rome. Rome killed Jesus, according to many.
1: Yes. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And along with that, some people have said, okay, maybe the Roman Empire was involved, but really, it's Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate is who killed Jesus. Mm
0: -hmm. And along with Pilate, they have the Sanhedrin. So um, that one, yeah, that's one I've heard before. But the Sanhedrin. The
1: Sanhedrin, okay. Mm -hmm. I've also heard a lot of people say the Jews in general.
0: That's pretty broad. but (laughs) That's
1: pretty broad. And I think we should say at the outset that one of the things with the rising anti-Semitism that we plan to do is to ensure that we combat that idea that it was the Jews who killed Jesus, but we have to deal with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that was one. And the Sadducees, along with the Pharisees, there were also the Sadducees.
1: Okay. So the temple leaders, the Mm -hmm. Sadducees, I can see why people would suggest that. Yes. I've also heard some people say the Pharisees. I mean, Jesus seemed to spend a lot of time confronting <laughs> the Pharisees. Maybe they were the ones.
0: Maybe. We also have one of my personal favorites, Original Sin.
1: Original Sin. Yes. yes. Yeah.
0: It was. It, yeah. What What did you say? When, uh, thank you, Adam and Eve.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Adam and Eve. Yes. Thank you for eating that and uh, marring the rest of us for all of history. Okay. Okay. I've heard a lot of people say that actually it's God. God killed Jesus. This was a part of God's plan and God needed this sacrifice. God killed Jesus.
0: Yeah, that one kind of hurts, though.
1: <laughs> God Wait. loved
0: us so much that God had to kill God's own son, too. <laughs> I don't, yeah.
1: Hey, you have trouble <laughs> worshiping a God who is killing somebody? Yes, okay. maybe. All right, okay,
0: sure. <laughs> this one I liked and I was surprised by, but then I wasn't after I read it. The Republican Party.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the modern-day <laughs> Republican Party. Yes, exactly. They are sl-
0: not maybe not slowly killing Jesus, but... Yeah, they're killing Jesus.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> I was surprised when I saw that someone on social media had posted that, but I thought, yeah, and you know, I broadened it on our murder board, and I put U.S. politics in general. Oh. And so I think that there's a lot to talk about there, but yes, the Republican yeah. Party specifically. Yeah. So I've heard a lot of people also say, you know what? It's my own personal sin that has killed Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever experienced no. that?
0: No, 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 actually no i grew up with not in my household my yep. household was very clear about who clear uh-huh. killed jesus but um at church i heard that a lot my personal sense. so if mm. you would have asked me at the young age of you know ten, who killed jesus like me i did my i sin. killed jesus
1: oh, yeah i'm two years old mm-hmm. and in my all my wrongdoing that killed jesus
0: exactly yeah. you evil child evil child um Course, my favorite mm. uh, it was thrown out there by somebody I love, Courtney Love. Courtney, Courtney Love killed <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, oh yeah.
1: Well, she was alive back then, right? She
0: was like, I, like <laughs> I've said, Courtney is all around us at all times, <laughs> and Even I am sporting my yeah. Courtney did it T-shirt for all you conspiracy theorists out there, Courtney Love.
1: <laughs> Courtney Love. Okay. Yes. Someone else suggested Judas, and that makes a lot of sense. It does. Uh, Judas. Betrayed Jesus uh, at the Last Supper. And so I get that. Judas is another suspect. That one makes sense.
0: We also have greed. Greed killed Jesus.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: I think that one would make sense too, actually, when you especially tied in with Judas and and other other storylines there. Sure.
1: Sure. That makes sense. And the disciples, the disciples didn't seem to get what Jesus was talking about a whole lot. Mm -hmm. And they seemed complicit. They weren't there most of them at the foot of the cross it was only his women followers who ended up being there so that makes sense the disciples yeah
0: And one that actually surprised me, and I'm not sure why, because he is part of the storyline. If you've seen Jesus Christ Superstar, you hear his name, Uh, Caiaphas. Caiaphas is one, and it really stood out to me in the book that we were reading um, that they called him the king of the Jews.
1: Ah, yes. Caiaphas. Caiaphas. (laughs) Exactly. Caiaphas. Yes, Caiaphas. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. And the Roman emperor is our final suspect the roman emperor tiberius who was emperor when jesus was crucified Mm -hmm. so full disclosure we are following this list of suspects they will form the basis of our podcast we're also using marcus borg and john dominic Crossan's book the last week in which they walk us through the events of holy week and they help us to realize that You know, a a lot of times, maybe we haven't really thought so much about what that last week was like. I don't know about you, Marcella, but I kind of grew up going to church on Palm Sunday, and then maybe I might stop in for a Maundy Thursday, maybe, Uh, but a lot of times I wasn't back in church until Easter Sunday. Jesus was already back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: somewhere in between he died. And yeah, came he back. died somewhere in
1: between, but <laughs> yeah. we didn't actually talk about that a whole lot. It was kind of, we came in on Palm Sunday, we had this great celebration, then we came back next week and it was Easter. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Pretty much that was kind of how I grew up also. Uh, there Maybe the church every now and then would do something in between. Monday or Sunday and Saturday. Like sometimes mm-hmm. uh, they would host a Passover meal, so that we would learn what Passover was and what that Jewish celebration entailed. And um, but yeah, in between there really wasn't a lot going on. I went to my first Monday Thursday service. In college with a friend at a Lutheran church, and I had no idea what it was. I was like, I've heard of Monday Thursday, but I don't know what this is. So, right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was a, I grew up in the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, so Monday Thursday was kind of a big thing, and we would go sometimes, and I knew there was Good Friday. Mm-hmm. I knew that, like, Jesus was crucified, but I don't think I thought much about any of the other days of the week, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Did you think about any of those? No.
0: Did anything happen on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday?
1: I don't know. Because <laughs> I only
0: hear of Sunday, Thursday, uh, Friday. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, the, end, the following Sunday. So
1: Well, through the events of this podcast, we will learn what happened on those other days. But I'm let's excited. start with Palm Sunday. Okay. So, Marcella, I think whenever I grew up, I enjoyed Palm Sunday, mm-hmm. but I don't think I really understood what it was about. So whenever I think about growing up and celebrating Palm Sunday, what I think about is it was a day that was a little bit more fun than Mm -hmm. usual. We got some palm branches and we'd wave them in the air. We would come in. We would have one of those palm crosses that people had made and they would hand us those. But it was pretty much the service as usual. And I think I kind of thought about everybody in Jerusalem coming out and everybody was celebrating Jesus. And that's what Palm Sunday was for me. Yeah, and it was it was fun, but it wasn't really that significant. Mm-hmm. How about for you?
0: Yeah, it was it was a big deal Sunday. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. We also always had the little palm branches, and we'd wave them and sing some song that had Hosanna in there. I had the same understanding. I thought all of Jerusalem was out to basically declare jesus the messiah Mm -hmm. you know we're here hosanna in the highest you know blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord and um but i I didn't give it much thought beyond that i just thought everybody loves jesus and then (laughs) the following like friday it's like all those same people that everybody that came out were the same everybody's that that crucified him and helped you know helped crucify him basically so yeah i didn't it was a big a big celebration but i didn't understand what it was until I got to college, and I studied a little bit more uh, yeah. <laughs> what Palm Sunday was about, and um, and what this book t- touches upon. You know, the two protests on um, two different sides of the city. I had yeah. no idea about the second protest. Yeah. Well, actually, I didn't even see it as a protest. I just saw it as a big parade. So, yes, yeah. yes, the yeah.
1: one big parade. It was all. Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, coming in on this on the donkey and everybody came out. And I when I was a kid in particular, I think pictured all the kids in Jerusalem, all the kids kind of bustling around. Mm-hmm. And I thought of it as as this big parade, yeah. like the ancient equivalent of like a Macy's parade yeah. <laughs> where just everybody was there. And it was this this huge time of celebration. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we really talked much about. The, the context of why Jesus was in Jerusalem, what he was doing, I, I don't think I understood uh, why people were out to see him. Mm-hmm. And I certainly didn't understand the role of the Roman Empire in all of it.
0: Yeah, well, spoiler alert, it was most likely planned by Jesus. What? <laughs> <laughs> yes, so it was a planned protest by Jesus and I was shocked that uh, to find out when I was in college and then again just every time we go back to the story that um, not all of Jerusalem was out to celebrate Jesus it was only you know a few people well not a few but um, let's just say the the more powerful people were not there
1: (laughs) the the more powerful people weren't there so Mm -hmm. Jesus was this traveling rabbi who was living in this countryside depending on other people and it was, it was mostly his his people who yeah. were there who showed up on Palm Sunday to celebrate him yeah and you're right I, I don't think that's that's something that we thought about much at all
0: nope not at all uh so can you tell us a little bit about what's happening on the other side of the city and the other protest or the not protest sorry the other parade and celebration that was happening
1: yeah I will but you know Marshella I think one of the things that I love most mm-hmm. uh, about Palm Sunday these days is the way we celebrate it here at University Christian yes. Church, yes. That, that we celebrate it as a Palms and Parasols New Orleans second line parade. I love it. And yes. uh, the reason we do that is because we recognize that it's like a funeral march, right? Mm-hmm. And in New Orleans, they parade for funerals. And so we join the funeral march. Mm-hmm. And so I think key to understanding what's happening on Palm Sunday is uh-huh. recognizing that the parade that Jesus was participating in was really a funeral march. So
0: are you saying that he knew that
1: he was going in to be executed or? I think that, uh, I think it was increasingly clear to him and his followers that the week wasn't going to end well. And I think it's because of why he was there on Palm Sunday. Hmm. So let's take just a quick break and let's come back And we'll talk about what really happened on Palm Sunday. The Who Killed Jesus podcast is brought to you by ProgressiveChristianity.org, a leading voice in the progressive Christian movement this year celebrating its 30th anniversary. Be sure to check out ProgressiveChristianity.org for all your progressive Christian resource needs. This podcast is also brought to you by University Christian Church in San Diego, California. An authentic, progressive, inclusive congregation striving to proclaim God's love for all. Welcome back to the Who Killed Jesus podcast where we're talking about Palm Sunday and how it led to Jesus' death. So, Sunday wasn't just this big festive parade, right? As you mentioned, Marcella, it's a planned political protest Mm -hmm. because, yes, Jesus was coming in on one side of town, on the east side of town, but on the west side of town, something else was happening who was coming in on that side of town
0: we have our friend Pontius Pilate (laughs)
1: Pontius Pilate on our suspect board yes
0: and again something I didn't learn growing up but he didn't live there he actually Mm. didn't live there um but he was there and strategically was placed there and would come in during all the major Jewish celebrations yeah um yeah so can you explain a little bit more about that, Caleb? You do it so well.
1: <laughs> so Pontius Pilate lived in Caesarea Maritima, right? I remember that all the time. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. It's something that a lot of people know about. <laughs> Only you. <laughs> Caesarea Maritima. And he was the Roman appointed governor. And so he would come in on all of the holidays. Mm-hmm. But it was particularly important during this one because mm-hmm. Jesus would not in Jerusalem, just like for fun, right. on Palm Sunday, he was there because it was time for Passover, mm-hmm. and Passover was one of these pilgrimage festivals, right? There are three pilgrimage festivals. Right. This is one of them where you have to go into Jerusalem, and so Jesus is there, and Pontius Pilate is coming in because remember what what Passover is all about?
0: Yes, it is a big deal celebration, possibly okay. one yeah. of the biggest, and. It is about liberating God's people. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right.
1: Uh, during Passover, they remember that God freed the ancient Israelites from another empire, mm-hmm. the Egyptian one, and from the Pharaoh. And so Rome cared about keeping the order during all these festivals, but they really cared about keeping the order on Passover because makes sense. as the Jews were remembering that God had liberated them from Egypt, they didn't want... People to get confused and think that God might be liberating them from the Roman Empire. Right. Right.
0: Or if ever there were a time to host a Mm -hmm. rebellion and start something, Passover might be a good one. Passover (laughs) might be a
1: good time. (laughs) Don't give people ideas. (laughs) So the Roman governor would always come into Jerusalem, and they didn't come in quietly. Rome didn't do anything quietly. (laughs) <laughs> they I've, were, I've seen the movies. <laughs> you've seen the movies, you know. And so they wanted everyone to know that they were there. Mm-hmm. And so Pilate comes in on the west side of town, and he comes in with this great display of Roman force. Mm-hmm. He's not riding a donkey, because on the other side of town, Jesus is like on a borrowed donkey, Right? right. And he's got these peasant followers yeah. who had followed him from the countryside, had come into Jerusalem for the Passover. They don't have much. They grab the cloaks off their back. They grab the palm branches. They have this kind of makeshift parade. But we've got this guy, this traveling rabbi, riding in on a borrowed donkey. On the other side of town, we get Pilate on war horses Big with deal. chariots. Mm-hmm. Like a legion of Roman soldiers, hundreds of Roman soldiers. So,
0: this is like the Macy's thing, this parade. This this is the one that's like the Macy's
1: parade with like a lot of violence because they had swords and they had spears, but they did, they had drums, they had flags, the Roman flags, they had all these poles with these golden Roman eagles that kind of glistened in the sunlight. Mm -hmm. And so, Can you imagine this parade? This is the one you would have wanted to see, right?
0: Oh, yeah. No, if I were a kid, I'd want to see all the glistening, happy, you know, big deal, huge parade. Not, you know, kind of a rinky-dink, (laughs) makeshift. Somebody coming in on a donkey. A donkey's not even that big. I mean, they're
1: really. (laughs) And they stink, and they're stubborn. (laughs) Who would want to be on that ass of an animal? Exactly. (laughs) You want the the horse. You want the chariots. You want the show. Yeah. And Rome gave you the show. Mm-hmm. Pontius Pilate gave you the show. But it was also kind of terrifying mm. because it wasn't just something that was fun to watch, it was something that reminded you right. who was in charge. Right. And who was in charge wasn't you. Right. <laughs> you know, particularly <laughs> if you were someone who lived in Judea, or particularly if you were a first century Jew, mm-hmm. uh, you were not in charge. Right. It it was Rome who was in charge. and right. Uh, Pontius Pilate was there to remind everybody what was happening. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I learned from revisiting some of this uh, with some, uh, some renewed enthusiasm was how Pontius Pilate uh, was not the only Roman uh, authority figure there, but mm-hmm. Caiaphas.
0: Yes, so... I think, well, I couldn't remember exactly Caiaphas's role. Like I knew mm-hmm. he was a Jewish leader, but I was particularly struck once again that he was appointed by Rome. Mm-hmm. And he was basically appointed as um, Borg and Cross and say as the king of the Jews. So mm-hmm. he was there in a very strategic position to oversee and also just subdue the Jews and make sure that his people just were chilled. And didn't act out of line or you know, just behaved basically. I had I didn't remember that. <laughs> I, I definitely didn't learn that growing up. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's complicated, right? And the Rome the Romans were really smart mm-hmm. about how they did this. They conquered people right. and they let the the local leaders stay in charge as long as they were willing to do what Rome wanted. Right. And the primary way that Rome had kind of a yardstick for who was going to do that was their wealth. The people who had the most to lose if they didn't cooperate with Rome. And so Herod the Great, who was the king of the Jews whenever Jesus was born, was a Roman colluder, right? He, he was relatively new to Judaism even, but he was wealthy and he wanted to hang on to that wealth. And so he did a lot of projects to to help people, but he was also incredibly ruthless. Right. And so Caiaphas kind of took on that role mm-hmm. after uh, some time after after Herod had died, and he was really skilled because I would imagine that would be a really tough role to be in, right? You've got to balance like advocating for your people, mm-hmm. or or at least maybe making sure they don't rebel (laughs) and also ensuring that you're not falling out of favor with Rome because they'll kill you.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You couldn't challenge Rome at all. And I think that's one thing that, I mean, we did learn that in our history books, at least I did growing up, that Rome was a very ruthless empire. I Mm -hmm. mean, you couldn't challenge, you couldn't stand up, you couldn't do anything against Rome. And it was a very violent empire. So, Yeah. yeah, I could... That would be a very hard line to tell.
1: <laughs> yes, I imagine. You know, I think it's all, one thing that's always fascinated me about Rome is that like in church, Rome is this great empire that killed Jesus mm-hmm. or at least was a part of the the thing that killed Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And then in school, we talk about how Rome is this great model of democracy, democracy. and <laughs> the pillar of Western civilization. And so that's something that's always kind of, stood at pods in my mind is is that. And I think one thing that helps me kind of clarify this distinction is the the Pax Romani. Mm-hmm. And so there's this UCC minister, Robin Myers, who says the great Pax Romani was only Pax if you were Romani, right? Mm-hmm. The way that the Romans brought peace right. was by making everybody Romans. Right. And yeah, you could be at peace as long as... You were willing to be loyal to Caesar right. as long as you were willing to proclaim that the Roman emperor was the son of God right. because the Roman emperor had that title, son of God. Mm-hmm. So if you were willing to say that, then, then you were okay. And you could continue to worship your gods as long as you added them to the great Roman pantheon. Right. And so one of the things that really uh, drives this point home for me is that I think Rome wanted to bring peace mm-hmm. through conquest and violence. Nice. It was through conquering people and making them romans that they brought peace. But whenever Jesus talks about peace, he's not talking about peace that comes through violence. Right. He's talking about peace that's established through the presence of justice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And and for me that makes a big difference and helps me understand this this roman empire and why Pontius Pilate would have been coming into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday Mm -hmm. to bring this imposed faux peace to the people where they can kind of celebrate their culture. They can kind of be who they are, as long as they're ultimately loyal to the Roman emperor.
0: Loyal to the emperor, declaring him the son of God. So Jesus would be challenging because on the other side of town, you Mm -hmm. have somebody who has, you know, constantly, you know, spoken up against Rome Mm -hmm. and, and exactly what you said, challenging them um, by stating that you do this Uh, by peace, love and justice yeah and not by violence. Um, And that the fact that people were asking him, if he was the son of god like jesus are you the son of god are you you know and that right there is enough for anybody to get killed cuz i mean there was one son of god and and that was uh, you know the emperor that was a roman emperor
1: so yeah so if jesus's disciples are saying he's the son of god that means that the emperor isn't he
0: wouldn't be the son of
1: god right yeah. and uh, so that was a political statement mm-hmm. to say to say that no you're the son of god so the other title that Jesus' disciples often gave to him was Son of Man, mm-hmm. the Messiah, mm-hmm. right? Son of Man is a messianic title. A lot of right. people misunderstand that. They said, Oh, he's human. But but Son of Man was a messianic title. And the Messiah was supposed to be not just someone who would be like, this really cool dude who'd, you know, bring peace, change the way we think about things. No, the messiah was supposed to be a warrior king who was going to overthrow Mm -hmm. the powers that be, in this case, the Roman Empire, Mm -hmm. and establish a kingdom for the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. And whenever his followers are saying, you're the son of man, you're the Messiah, what they were claiming was that he was going to overthrow the Romans. Mm -hmm. And you can see how, hmm, that might not be a a great stance to take against a powerful empire right? Yeah, yeah, I could totally see that.
0: And I could see Jesus, a rabbi, somebody very well mm-hmm. versed in his tradition and the scriptures, using those verses, those prophetic verses, to help carry this cause and these and these ideas that he held about justice and love and overthrowing <laughs> an empire like Rome. Mm. Yeah, I mean... Very well-educated human. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: You know, I think that the the other thing about this is that whenever we're talking about him establishing a kingdom, that we recognize, I think now, that he wasn't talking about a, an actual earthly kingdom mm-hmm. in the way that his followers probably thought he was, and certainly Rome probably thought he was. Right. That he was talking about the the kingdom of God, the reign of God, and he was talking about like this vision that he had for the future where people were committed to a certain set of values. Mm -hmm. Love, compassion, kindness, and justice, which brings about peace. And it seems that he was saying that when you're committed to these values, then you transform the world in which you live. You create the reign of God. But whenever he was saying that, he was saying, okay, and you've gotta be loyal to the reign of God, to the kingdom of God first, and you've also gotta be loyal to God first. So that means that you're in turn not loyal to the Roman emperor and you're in turn not loyal to the Roman empire. Yeah. And so you can see how that kind of dichotomy Mm -hmm. really sets the stage for Holy Week. Mm -hmm. And you can see it clearest, I think, on Palm Sunday.
0: Right. The two different parades. The two different parades. (laughs) You've got the
1: earthly kingdom, Mm -hmm. the Roman empire, And it's representative, Pontius Pilate, Mm -hmm. the show of force, the show of victory through conquest. Mm -hmm. And on the other side of town, you've got this poor Middle Eastern Jewish peasant, this wandering rabbi who's borrowed a donkey. Surrounded
0: by peasants.
1: Peasant followers who have palm branches and who have their cloaks and they're waving them in the air. And they're saying, you know what, we don't want to be a part of the show of force. We want to be a part of a movement for justice right. and peace. Yeah. And that's what Palm Sunday is ultimately about, yeah. right? Yeah. A- at least as, as I understand it now, I think I, I misunderstood it for a large portion of my life mm-hmm. when I thought that it's this big celebratory time as everybody in Jerusalem comes out to see Jesus. Like, no, actually it's subversive.
0: Yeah, very subversive and most like. well, it was staged. It was something mm-hmm. that Jesus intentionally did. Um, and as you stated earlier, he likely knew what he was walking into when he walked into Jerusalem that week. Yeah. It,
1: yeah. He knew what he was walking into and maybe his followers. Mm-hmm. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But it had to become clear as you're staging a protest against the most powerful empire on earth Right. that things probably are not going to go your way. <laughs> right? Right. I mean, you. I mean, they didn't have, they had palm branches, right? Pilot had hundreds of soldiers with swords yes. and spears. Yeah. <laughs> you knew what was going to happen, mm-hmm. I think. And I appreciate the reminder too, I think that the cross really was a tool for execution, but, only for one purpose. Yes. Yeah.
0: It, this and this. This is when we look at this and we yeah. study this. Um, it's it changes the narrative that the cross was only used to execute those who stood up against Rome. Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. And so it yeah. it it had a singular purpose. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like oh you stole something, Uh, you're going to get the cross. Uh, No, it was because you stood in opposition to the Roman Empire. So I think today we've talked about what Palm Sunday was really about and how that set the course for Holy Week and also got some real suspects on who who probably was involved in Jesus's murder.
0: Number one on my list right now is Caiaphas. I'm a little...
1: (laughs) Oh, I thought you were going to say Courtney Love. Her too. (laughs) It's it's Courtney Love. Uh, Caiaphas. Yes. Yes, Caiaphas. We talked about him a little bit today, but we'll talk about him more as we move later in the week. Mm -hmm. And we talked about Pilate. Pontius Pilate. Yeah. Yeah. And the Roman Empire. Mm Mm-hmm. And the the Roman Emperor, right, right, and so uh, there were uh, a lot of people who had motive to mm-hmm. to really be involved in Jesus's murder. Yeah, so that concludes today's podcast as we talk about Palm Sunday. Next week we'll move into Holy Monday which I think is something that we don't often talk about. I didn't a lot know about. there
0: was a Holy Monday. I thought it was Sunday to Thursday. Sunday <laughs> to Sunday. On or Monday.
1: Sunday. <laughs> yeah, but actually, uh, a lot happened throughout the week. And so next time, we'll find out what happened on Monday on the Who Killed Jesus podcast.